Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world. I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision. But I want you to think about this. commentary just because I'm on vacation and I can't stay away. Call me sick and deluded and, and all that stuff. But I <laughs> I think there's sick and deluded and all that burning. stuff. Yeah, well I think Rome is burning and uh at, at least I can stand up and say fire. And I don't have <laughs> that's my that's my attempt at saying justifying why I'm here instead of not kicking back. Well actually I don't kick back uh, fully, I still have a ton of things to do, but you know, I'm taking a break from the weekly broadcast for the time being. I'm supposed to be gone, but here I am. We'll be back in the saddle, fully ready to go by next week. What a life! Yes, ma'am. How about you, Thomas? Well, it's been it's been pretty crazy on my end, but it's all good. It's slowly and steadily turning around. But before we go any further, I want to ask you, has there been any developments on um, Mrs. Messner there in St. Louis? Have they found her yet? I have. 
haven't heard any news about her being found. No. Man. Not being found. So that wow. is just, that's ongoing. I, I haven't heard anything about being found. Yep, yep. Because you know her husband's are one of our mutual Facebook friends, and, and she's a big pro-lifer as well. So, right. anyway. We are, yeah, I've been praying for their family and hoping that, they, that they're found. Unfortunately, you know, you get kind of jaded about these things because the people go missing fairly frequently. And of late, right. it has been married women, you know, right. mothers. Um, who have gone missing, and not, and the fact of the matter is, not many of them come back. Exactly, and that's what that's what's really sick and twisted. So yeah. you know, we'll we'll say a prayer for her as part of it. But let's get this shindig Absolutely. started. Oh, by the way, missed you. So just thought I'd throw that out at you. Oh, that's sweet. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 19 says, I record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might live. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, first and foremost, we want to lift up to you the family of Carrie Messner, Lord God. Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that his wife is found and that she's brought home safely, Lord God, or that some answer is given to her disappearance, Father God. Father, we ask you to just comfort and be with this family in their and their time of grief, Lord God, and just just comfort them. Just comfort them and show yourself real and true to them. And Father, we thank you for another opportunity to host this episode of True Life Fridays Radio. Father, we thank you that you've brought Letitia and her family back safely over the roads from Arizona, Lord God, and I pray that you continue to just give them rest and renewal in their spirit. We say we love you and we bless you and we thank you for forgiveness of our sins and the sacrifice that your son, Jesus Christ, paid on Calvary. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, you muted yourself there. I did because I uh, was there was going to be too much background noise, so I uh, had to had to keep talking until I said, "Hey, uh, my mic isn't on." Uh, thank you for that. And yeah, there's been some heavy, heavy things going on uh, in the world while the mic has been off, and I just couldn't stay away because I mean, I think from over and above what I have not seen are some really good comprehensive commentaries on the issues at hand from a completely holistic pro-life point of view. And all of these issues that we're going to talk about are pro-life in nature, you know, being True Life Fridays radio and all. 
that's what we talk about. And I think it's, it frustrates me to no end when we don't have people in the regular media, and I'm not expecting them to, but in our normal t- television, even cable news media, are completely inadequate at articulating right. a point of view that recognizes, acknowledges, and expects our fellow Americans to treat each other with human basic human dignity and respect in and among these issues. Half of the things that we have to talk about on this program would not be talked about. They wouldn't be issues if not for the fact that we have some huge normalization of this idea that human beings can be treated as products or human cattle. And you'll see what I mean by that in a minute. Um, but the first one well, I want to tackle, you know, <laughs> I, I almost have to have to wonder why um, all of this has happened all at once. And I think it's meant to be that we have to talk about them all at once to gi- to give us the perspective that it is happening for a reason. We are being shown. It's like a mirror to our faces saying we need our a complete attitude and view adjustment in order to see these issues properly. And I want to start with the Supreme Court decision on Hobby Lobby versus the abortion lobby. No, that's not really what it was. It was the Hobby Lobby decision um, for, for Hobby Lobby against the Obamacare HHS mandate. So, as everyone knows by now, the Supreme Court voted five to four, narrowly, narrowly giving Hobby Lobby a uh, victory in their motion to be exempt from the HHS employer mandate from Obamacare to provide any and all birth control options as dictated by the law on religious or moral grounds. Well, you'd think by the reaction from the left feminist pro-abortion lobby that the Supreme Court approved of Hobby Lobby banning women from working at their stores. You think from this decision that Hobby Lobby is allowed to beat women in their stores that come in. You think that Hobby Lobby is waging a war on women when probably 90 98% of their customer base is women. Now, don't ask all of this to make a lot of sense. I have since, I have for a long time now stopped trying to make sense of what the left wants, between what they want and what they say and what they mean. Um, so if it's illogical to you, don't worry. You're not wrong. It is illogical. So, Patricia, you there? Well, it looks like we lost Letitia, so I am going to take over the show for a while until she can get back, called back in. But um, we're going to be dealing with a lot of lot of the issues. And she was 
currently discussing the Hobby Lobby Supreme Court decision. So we'll sit we'll sit back and we'll wait for her to call back in. But a lot of people are saying that um Ah, there she is. Patricia, you there? Yes. Yes, I am now. Skype you was loves there to and you was gone. <laughs> I can, yeah, I, I finally noticed. I'm like, I don't see myself on the board anymore. But what I was saying is that um, that you think that Hobby Lobby was beating women in their stores. You think this was a war on women. They even dragged Patricia Ireland out onto Fox News. You know, she's the former president of the National Organization for Women um, on to Fox News to appear with a friend and colleague of mine, uh, Dana Lash, who's a great conservative talk show host, to talk about the all the for all of four forms of birth control that are that can be highly abortive fashion in nature and how that is the really the reason why a hobby lobby did not want to be live under the abortion I'm sorry the uh, abortion pill mandate the HHS mandate from Obamacare um, out of 20 forms I mean that's 16 out of 20 was the the way that it was discussed out of the way that they, that Hobby Lobby went about this court case, that their health insurance that they do provide for their female employees provides coverage for 16 out of 20 forms of birth control, except, and those four that they did not want to cover, are aggressively abortive fashion in nature. And those, since they had a moral issue with those four, they sought to get the exemption. And the Obama administration, the HHS administration, uh, under Kathleen Sebelius said, oh, no, you have to pay for everything under the sun. Well, I think that this SCOTUS decision was very reasonable. There is no mandate on earth that can require – now, it can require, let me finish this sentence, to require an employer to pay for anything and everything on a voluntary kind of medication. But that's the way Obamacare was, was, uh, was constructed, to force employers to do so. And so the issue has never been about denying a woman's rights or denying birth control, or forcing somebody's religious morals on another. And all of this is the left feminist narrative that is being forced on the American people. Oh, talk about forcing something down someone's throat. That's the narrative that's being forced down people's throat to, to try to look at this as, oh, Hobby Lobby's a bunch of religious nuts. Uh, they just want to keep women barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen. Well, if you know if they're barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, that means they're not shopping at Hobby Lobby. Why would Hobby Lobby want to do that? As it is in reality, even condoms are covered by their insurance policy. I don't know why, um, but they are. That didn't stop a bunch of pro 
abortion clergyman from staging a protest outside a lobby, Hobby Lobby uh, in the days following the SCOTUS decision and passing out condoms to passerbys who were going in, coming and going into the Hobby Lobby. They were passing out condoms. Now, it's very interesting to me why they were passing out condoms in protest of Hobby Lobby. They were passing out condoms because condoms are covered by the insurance that Hobby Lobby provides to their employees. Hmm. Like I said earlier, don't try to make a whole lot of sense out of this. And the statement they were trying to make is what? Please go have sex because insurance. Again, it doesn't quite make sense if you look at things from a logical point of view. But let me tell you what's really going on. Yes. Um, wasn't there wasn't there some feminist groups calling for women to go have sex in the aisles of Hobby Lobby because of the? <laughs> and thanks for bringing that up. Before I had forgotten to mention that, yes, you are right. Uh, let's see, let me pull that up. Jessica Valenti, who is a left feminist, uh, I, I think she's an editor with The Guardian, that she, she tweeted out her reaction to, this, to the decision and said, new teen prank suggestion, toilet paper Hobby Lobby with condoms instead of toilet paper. TP Hobby Lobby with to- condoms instead of toilet paper. Another one tweeted that women should be going to have public sex inside Hobby Lobby stores to protest. Now let me. Think, but wait think a minute. Because because. Wait 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 wait. Insurance. Wait wait wait. Any type of public sex isn't that illegal anywhere? Whether whether the store is for or against contraception, isn't that yeah. illegal? It it okay. is. But she tweeted I just out. To make sure. She tweeted, I just tweeted make out sure maybe. Maybe women should organize a sex, safe sex bleep in at every Hobby Lobby across the country in the glitter aisle. Just a thought. I mean, that's what she wrote. Well, here's just a thought. Um, I thought, I thought this issue was about birth control pills. Not birth control. I thought it was too. I thought it was about insurance. I think that this, these thoughts, just a thought, betrays the real motivation behind the left feminist um, ex- head explosion over the right. Hobby Lobby decision. Folks, this was never about contraception. It was never about insurance. It was never about covering contraceptives. It was never about religious beliefs about what to pay for in insurance policies. It has from the very beginning been this idea that people do not want Christians in particular. Yeah. I've never, I haven't seen any, any criticism against Orthodox Jews or conservative Muslims or people of any faith other than conservative Christians. It is all about, not wanting, wanting to, I'm sorry, this is about flouting conservative Christians' belief people should not be having 
sexual intercourse outside of the marriage, outside of marriage. That's what this has been about. That's what this has been about since before the SCOTUS decision. I did see, and I'm not going to cite it right now, I was doing some research about this earlier, and this goes all the way back to September, August, September of last year, so almost a year ago. When right. the uh, when the case went forward, liberal columnists admitted that this issue was not really about insurance. This is about not want. It's about making Hobby Lobby pay to violate their religious beliefs. Not about contraception. Not about abortion. But about sex. Talk about shallow, talk about unprofessional, talk about bringing your bedroom out into the public. Listen, folks, we as Christians do not care, personally, who you have sex with, when, where, and with whom. I don't care. I just don't care. But why do you care so much that you want to make a company run by Christians who have a conscience about these things want to pay for your activity. It ain't about the outside trapping. Well, keep in mind, though, Leticia, keep in mind, though, apparently the Green family aren't too prudish because their insurance covers 16 of the 20 um, uh, birth control Right. Medicine mandated. So maybe in the condom and Viagra and all that stuff. So you're right. It's not it's not just about that. It is about, you know, pushing their thoughts and their beliefs on others. But like I like I told people, even when it comes to the um the same sex marriage issue, I could care less who you wanna you know, all that stuff, that's your business. But the moment you try to put it in my face and tell me I have to accept that, then, you know. Right. Because that, each is his is own, that? and that's that? the way it should be. Right? right? And that's, that goes from, oh, let, let people live their own lives, to I'm going to shove my beliefs down your throat. Oh, hello, excuse me, those people who like to accuse others of, thro- of uh, Christians especially, of shoving morals down other people's throats all the time. This right. Is a, this, this is a two-way street, and nobody realizes from the, on the left-hand side of the street that they're doing exactly the thing that they're projecting onto conservative Christians. Right. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I, whole... yeah. Go ahead. I just, I just thought that that's just how they've operated. I, I've said over and over again that liberals live in a permanent opposite day, and they just want us to live on a permanent opposite day, saying if, thinking that if we all live in a permanent opposite day like they do, it won't seem so opposite after all. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, right. So, and that's... Um, I'm just waiting to see if anybody comes to the new Hobby Lobby that just opened down the street from where I live. I'm so thrilled. And you'll be seeing my my uh, 
head explosion head exploding picture up on Facebook very soon. I will post this. And I'm encouraging all women who love Hobby Lobby, love Chick-fil-A, and are pro-life to do likewise. Stand in front of your Hobby Lobby that you are closest to with your Chick-fil-A cup and your pro-life t-shirt. Put it on social media. Let's make that go viral. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So moving on to what's this humanitarian crisis. It's no less than a humanitarian crisis. From one crisis to another. About illegal immigration and the number of minor children that have come into the United States. And they have really such, such benign words for the unaccompanied minors. Unaccompanied minor migrants now. Um, here's the thing. This is what the news media is calling these minor illegal immigrants that are now being housed in these federal facilities because uh, they really have nowhere else to go. They're being shipped in, they're being trucked in, they're being trained in, you know, on a train car. Now think about that train cars. What is that? What should that make you think of? That's, that's correct. Uh, Of these poor kids, you know, they didn't walk themselves over the border. Somebody brought them here. Somebody with nefarious, uh, motivations and our federal government as of right now has equally nefarious motivations these children are pawns and right now the Obama administration is asking Congress to pass a 3.7 billion that's billion with a b b b b 3.7 billion dollar bill to try to fund this, uh, fund making this more palatable to people. Now, they say that the money will be used to discourage illegal immigration. I'm not sure how much more discouragement you actually need other than to say that it's illegal. I think that should right. speak for itself, right? But this... Right. Huge amount of money, really, I mean, if you take it in total, I don't know, I haven't seen anybody say this at all, but it's a huge advertisement for Obama's federal, federal summer internment camps for kids. And that's what they're housed in right now. They're housed, these poor children are in Obama federal summer internment camps for kids. Kids come to America and get housed in our summer internment camps where you'll be guaranteed to catch a highly communicable disease and may never come back from said camp. Right. There, and, and he has the gall, he had the gall in 2008 to run on this idea that he was going to close Guantanamo Bay, the detention facility. Well, what are these children living under? They're living under conditions that we would never, never dare, for politically correct reasons, to put Gitmo detainees in. These children have diseases. They're housed with each other so that the diseases can spread. They have diseases that haven't been common in the United States for decades. And I'm talking about tuberculosis. I'm talking about scabies parasites. I'm talking about... 
um, measles. I'm talking about there's a whole a host of diseases that infected individuals are carrying, and they're putting children together in, in one giant housing facility so they can all catch these diseases all at once. To me, that's not humane. To house them in detention facilities like Gitmo detainees is inhumane. And then trying to foist them onto the American people and say, you must fund some way to keep these children here is also inhumane. What these children need is a parent or two or family members to claim them and to raise them properly in their own countries. We have liberals in the media saying, oh, now they're refugees from what war? From what war? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm just going to say they can make up all kinds of war. They're refugees from poverty. They're refugees from the drug cartels. Yes, let me say right now I am sympathetic toward that. And these children do need to be rescued from a life having to live in fear for their lives. At the same time, this is not the appropriate place to put them and under these conditions. They got here because somebody paid a coyote, which is what they call a human trafficker, a coyote to bring them to the United States, in the process of which many children, male and female, are beaten, abused, raped, put on drugs, you name it. They are abused, they are starved, they are mistreated. This is not a humane situation for them to be carted to America. I don't know what kind of lies that they've been told, but the innocent children among them are victims of everybody 360 degrees around our federal government being one of the perpetrators at this time. And not only that, we, have, we do have innocent children that are victims of their circumstances. We also have MS-13, the most violent gang in the world right now. It's called MS-13. They've been around for decades. Me having been raised in Phoenix, I've known about them for decades. Among them. And since they are under 18, by law, they're considered minors. And just this morning on Fox News, Katie Pavlich has had explained this situation that the border security that is right now in charge of processing these minor children is completely powerless to separate the violent gang members who may be 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, just shy of 18, completely powerless to do anything about it. These gang members were sent across the border to accompany all these minor children to, to recruit from among them 13, 14, 15-year-olds, maybe even 12. And since they've come to the United States and our Obama administration is determined for them to stay in some way, shape, or form illegally here with no means of identification, these gang members are just going to become public residents. They're going to become residents. And I dare say they're going to be 
funded by our federal government to stay here. You know, we were provided with with uh, food stamps, probably housing, probably. Or the federal government will do what it's demanding right now of states to bear the burden. This is an injustice, like I said, 360 degrees around. And these kids, nobody cares about these kids, least of all the federal government. These kids are being used as pawns, as liberals like to use them best. The black community has been used as a pawn, as a voting chip, as a way to gain political power. And that's what's happening to these kids, and it's utterly inhumane. It is treating them as human product, human cattle. Why are they housed the way they are? Because they're human product. If our administration had even a sense of compassion toward these children, they would find their home countries, provide them with a means of identification so they don't come back under those same conditions and find members of their own community to raise them because America right now under these circumstances is unable to bear the burden of this illegal immigration. Oh, you're being so uncompassionate. You're a hater. You're a racist. Excuse me. I hear it. Every, every conservative who makes this argument is going to be branded a racist. Fine. Say what you want. I, being the child of immigrants, know the difference. It's called illegal immigration because we do have a process called legal immigration, which my parents and my grandparents and my husband's parents and most of the people in my community who come here from Asia have followed the legal immigration process. I don't buy this idea that it's too hard or it's too long. Or, and you know what? I agree with the fact that some people have been fleeced. They have been completely snowed by the federal government who plays favorites on who and who not to let in this country. I know that of people who have been waiting for decades with, with green cards that have monthly expiration dates on them to get legal status in the United States, to become a legal immigrant. I hear you. I know that. The solution, therefore, is it to just then come in without any papers whatsoever and become an illegal immigrant. That is not the solution. I am sorry. That is not the solution. The solution, then, is to kick the federal government in the rear and to say you must approve these legal immigrants in a timely fashion and make the process more tolerable, more easier, more lucrative. The only reason why legal immigration being flouted by our federal government, by the Obama administration, is they know that legal immigrants, by and large, can't be used like these minor children. And there's nothing like children. There's nothing like using children for political gain. 
Shame. Shame on our federal government for doing this. All right. Moving on. Who else is taking this on the chin on the pro-life side? I've got this video that um, my our, our friend of the show, Seth Trayer from Created Equal, um, was on Fox and Friends this morning talking about an altercation that his group had on the streets of Ohio with their uh, public abortion display. And apparently a woman became incensed at seeing the posters and started having an argument with one of their interns, who was a teenager, by the way. She decided to get very verbally abusive, physically abusive, and destroyed, I don't know if she destroyed some of their posters, but she kicked some in the video. You can see her kicking at some posters, having kicked some posters down and uh, pushed and shoved and slapped, um, slapped the hand slapping cameras of people working with Created Equal. Well, charges are now being filed against her for assaulting, uh, public assaulting, publicly assaulting uh, members of Created Equal. And so Seth Dreyer was on Fox News this morning to talk about it. And here's, let me, let me find the video and here we go and talk about it. Um, it talks about it. And there's an interesting part where he says, they forgive. Mark Harrington and Seth Dreyer say they forgive Caught the woman. Caught on camera the moment a pro-life activist comes under attack on the street. Well, that woman who attacked the anti-abortion group created equal in Ohio claimed she was just defending herself, didn't like the fact that she was being taped. Mark Harrington is the executive director of Created Equal and training director. And Seth Dreyer joins us right now. Good morning to both of you. Morning. Good morning. Uh, Seth, you were, I understand, a summer intern, and that's you in the video. You're just standing right out there. You're trying to engage people in dialogue about abortion. She comes up to you. What happened? Well, so as the director of training for Crazy Equal, actually the first young man in the video you see is our summer intern, Ian. And I was leading our team of interns downtown, creating conversation. And I heard her yelling at Ian, as you right. see in the video in the beginning. So I approached with my camera at a distance to document what was happening. After shouting in his face, she knocked over a sign, turned to me and slapped my hand with the camera away, kicked more signs away, and then turned to just shout in my face continually. And so I tried to pass my camera off to Ian, the intern, and she slapped and grabbed that hand multiple times and later even shoved me into a stationary bus nearby. Right. And here's, here's what she said. She was eventually stopped by the police and charged. Here's what she says about why she did that. The First Amendment protects them from government interference. It doesn't protect them from, je- from uh, people just basically telling them they're idiots. But you assaulted them. Assault? I wouldn't necessarily say shoving someone aside and telling them to keep the camera out of my face as assault. Mark, she, she feels bad that uh, she doesn't think that she, you had the right to tape her. And, in fact, oftentimes uh, you folks wear cameras uh, to protect yourself, right? Right. Well, she needs a little remedial education on the First Amendment. Uh, the government has the obligation to protect speech, and she doesn't understand that the First Amendment doesn't protect her rights to interfere with our right to free speech. 
So sure. th that's the problem. Uh, and in a public forum, you lose a reasonable right to privacy. That's just the law. So the fact of the matter is we can record, we do record, and uh, we make sure that these kinds of events, if they happen, are recorded and turned over to police so she can be prosecuted. Right. Now, what's going to happen next? I know she has been charged. Uh, she's not remorseful at all. Are you willing to, to drop the charges in this case if she says she's sorry and she just overreacted? Right. Well, she's going to be arraigned next Wednesday, and then uh, you know the tr trial date will be later on. Uh, we're willing to drop the charges. In fact, I've asked for a meeting with her. Uh, if she's willing to apologize, I mean, Seth and I are both Christians. We believe in forgiveness. We've already forgiven her. Uh, but if she's not remorseful, then, you know, she needs to, to uh, you know, own up to what she's sure. done. So we're just going to play this yeah. through, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Seth, what do you tell, you know, we're looking at Ian, the intern right there. What do, you, what do you tell them to do when they are confronted by somebody like that who crosses the line? I mean, Ian just stands there and takes it. Uh, you know, a lot of people watching right now would think, I would have let her have it. Absolutely. No, our goal is always to try at some way to diffuse the anger. And so you see Ian simply standing there, not being going on the offense, but letting her give him the brunt of what she wanted to say. And later on, when she is shouting at the video at me, that's why when she says, do you understand, I simply say, I'm listening to you. Because when people respond that way, we don't try to win the debate or challenge their claims. We just want to try to diffuse the anger while still, again, documenting so that later the, our rights and the law will be upheld. Sure, and you're just out on the streets of Columbus, Ohio, trying to get the message out that you feel that abortion is right. not right. All right, uh, Mark right. and Seth, we thank you both for joining us from Columbus, Ohio, on this Friday morning. Thank Very you. You're welcome. All right. What do you think about that? Would you just stand there and let her yell at you and shove you like that? Email us, friendsoffoxnews.com. Well, thanks for asking, Steve Ducey. Uh, I, I would. Uh, on a personal level, I would. Because if you, and I invite people to listen to um, the, in full, the full clip of the altercation. They just played a, an edited portion on Fox News just for brevity's sake. But the full portion has her, has this woman going off on such a rampage. I mean, they had to run after her as she saw another poster down the street, ran toward it to kick it down. And then after that, uh, what you heard, what you didn't get to hear was Seth actually talking to her. Actually, he wasn't talking. She was talking at him at length, and you could hear it in her voice. So if you haven't seen the video, go ahead and check it out. If you can hear it in her voice. She's starting to waver. She's starting to get visibly upset, not angry, but she's starting to lose control of her, her focused anger emotion, and she's starting to break down just on the cusp of it. And had, I think had they had a few extra moments uh, to have to connect, I think Seth would have seen her completely break down and probably admit that there's some abortion in her personal history in her past and had and it would might have been time for her to come to terms with it that's not how things played out because the police got involved um, at that time and she had gotten on a bus and 
they had to take her off. So it became a third-party discussion with the police after that. But I think that she was on the verge of having a breakthrough. I think I think post-abortive, I'm not, I'm not accusing her of being post-abortive, so I, I don't want your email saying, oh, you accused her of being post-abortive. I'm saying it's a possibility. That people have to work through their emotions is perfectly, it's not everything. I'm not saying anything that's not new for anything, any psychological, emotional situation. Working through those emotions to get, to finally get to the point of dealing with whatever really is, is at the source of this. It's not she's angry that there are men uh, who oppose abortion. She's not angry that there are posters. She's angry about being confronted. And that's the truth with most people who support abortion. Uh, they're angry at being confronted. And there's a real personal, spiritual, emotional, mental issue, with a struggle within our own minds and our hearts how do we reconcile the death of the innocent among us and yet claim to be such compassionate people who are against war, who just want life to be great for other people, just want to help others? It's a real struggle to overcome our natural compulsion to be consistent in this. It is the suppression of truth. And once we get over our suppression of truth, that's when the truth starts bubbling up. We almost, I think we almost got to that point with this young lady, or maybe she's not so young, but this young woman, uh, I hope she uh, is brought to that point again and can make a real breakthrough in her life, whatever the case may be in her history, in her past. Uh, but... I think what Seth had said was really, really to the point. We are uh, forgiving people. This is not something, abortion is not something we condemn anybody over. We condemn the practice as vehemently as humanly possible because it is a horrific, inhuman, slavish practice, killing of the unborn. And it needs to be called out as such because that's exactly what it is. The people who are involved have evil hearts because we all have evil hearts that need to be reformed and forgiven by God. No one's condemning another person. And so we will respond with as much patience as Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will give us, which is a limitless amount. And I can, and I can tell you, that in this video, if you saw the whole thing, I think it would have produced a very positive end um, had it been allowed to play out um, a little differently. And so there it is. So, uh, I mean, I think, Thomas, you had talked to me earlier about at the point saying this would never happen to pro-choice activists. Pro-choice activists would never get attacked by pro-lifers in such a way. And that's true. I think they don't. I wouldn't. They wouldn't. Exactly. Exactly. And even those individuals who have killed um, killed pro-abortionists, they found out that they were leftists themselves. So go figure that one out. Right. So. I have seen. Yeah, we know. I mean, this is just, just full disclosure for everybody to, to understand. We know there are those that claim to be pro-life out there. 
that are no more pro-life than Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi. Exactly. No <laughs> more pro-life. I'm just going to leave that out there and say I'm, we're fully aware of that. Not everybody that says they're pro-life is pro-life. They may not be for the abortion of babies in the womb, but that doesn't mean they're pro-life. Right. If they're for killing, murdering abortionists, that's not pro-life. Right. If, if they're for blowing up facilities, abortion facilities, with homemade bombs and arson and gas or whatever that they can pull out of their own basements. That's not pro-life. All right, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Just just to be sure, you can never be certain. That's the way things are today. The last item I have to talk about. Oh, you know what? uh, I meant to say this. Uh, in conjunction with the woman uh, from Cre- on Created Equals video. I meant to point out this, which is that she defended herself uh, against the charges that she assaulted. Now, I think more than one person, I think it was three people, she started slapping around and pushing and shoving uh, on the street, three people from Created Equal, that her, she explained that she, it wasn't, ex- as it wasn't called, assault because they were using their cameras, they're using their phones and the cameras in their phones to record what was happening. There was a justification uh, for slapping cameras and slapping hands and shoving. It seems. You know what? That's not much different than what right. a professor at UC Santa Barbara Feminist Studies, Muriel Miller Young, had said about the pro-life poster that she ripped down from a 17-year-old girl on her campus, on the campus of UC Santa Barbara. She took took the poster away, ran off with it, and later had her assistant destroy it. And her defense of her actions was that the poster offended her. That's not... A defense. I'm sorry. You can call it an excuse. You can call it an excuse. You can call it your reason to be provoked, but that is not an excuse. And I don't. I'm not sure why liberals of the stripe like to use "I was so offended at X" as a defense for their bad behavior. But I guess they don't have anything else to say. There is nothing else they could say. <laughs> but one thing they, Leticia, one thing they need to learn that they don't have a right to not be offended. If I want to offend somebody, I can offend somebody. Right, but then you know Am how I, much self-control do people have? Being right. offended is is in your state of the mind. I'm not trying to be theoretical or philosophical about it. But if it bothers you, um, you, I'm not saying, and nothing should ever bother you, but if it bothers you to the point where you're committing petty crimes because of it, maybe you ought to have some self-control there. Right. Right. 
uh, you know, like grown up. So, okay, as, all right. So the last, the last item that I wanted to point out was famous television personality Sherry Shepard has decided to divorce or separate from her husband. I, I guess I'm not sure what the state of their relationship was or is right now, but they had con- contracted with the surrogate mother to have a child. Um, and since the relationship fell apart, she has announced that she wants nothing to do with the child in the womb. Wow. So this is straight up True Life Friday's alley because this is a pro-life issue combining several things. First of all, what does she want to do with the child? If she wants nothing to do with the child, yet the child will still become a born baby that has all the papers that say he or she belongs to Sherry Shepard. This child will have more papers saying he or she belongs to Sherry Shepard than any other child in the world. Than than if Sherry Shepard had conceived and given birth to a child herself. Yet she wants nothing to do with this baby on the way. And now I I want to know, this child being unwanted now, is this child subject? To abortion. Can Sherry Shepard abort her child in another woman's womb? Now I can see here all the little sons say, oh, of course not. not her body. Oh, really? It's not her body, but it's her child. I think we have a head-on collision of pro-abortion values here. First of all, we have this idea that children should be planned and wanted. And when unplanned and or unwanted can be disposed of, which is the backdrop for abortion. Abortion being if you are have an unplanned or and or unwanted child in your own womb, you have the right to abort. Now what happens if you only have half of this formula? You have an unplanned and or unwanted child that you deliberately put in someone else's womb. Why would it be a crime if that somebody else decided to abort your baby, whether you wanted to or not? whether the child was unwanted or not. What if the, the surrogate mother didn't want, changed, changed her mind, didn't want the baby? Oh, no, you're under contract. Ha! Do we need to make a contract now to show that children belong to people that, that are not in their wombs? So, I mean, this is this collision. Technically, the baby is residing and lives in another woman's womb under the law of women's rights to do whatever they want with their own bodies except stand in front of abortion clinics in protest, that surrogate can do anything she pleases with that unborn child. But now, 
she's carrying a child that is no longer wanted. Should she abort that child? These are ethical questions nobody's asking when they enter this idea of surrogacy. They ought to ask these questions because a child's life hangs in the balance of whether or not somebody wants that child. How would you like to live like that? That your life on earth depends on whether somebody cares enough to have you around. And that's, that's exactly what's going on here. I hope this ethical decision, this ethical issue, is explored by the American public at a greater degree. I mean, in a way, I'm, I'm glad that she went public with this decision so that it can be exposed to the American public that, that is not aware of it as much as we all should be. And at the same time, I am very sad that things came to this where a couple thinks that they can have a child with a third party and not make, not make ethical blunders. After all, who's looking out for the welfare of the child? So far, nobody. So that's the news and the updates on the pro-life front in a nutshell. Come back next week. We are going to talk about some more hard-hitting issues. We are going to get back in the saddle with our regular show. Hopefully, we're going to have some awesome, awesome guests as they say yes to True Life Fridays Radio. Also, Thomas, we've got an event going on soon, right? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. I'll well, keep. I'll keep. Good day. What's that? I said there's going to be more news about that soon, right? Yes. Awesome. Ab- well, stay t- absolutely. All right. Well, stay tuned, folks. We will see you right back here next Friday at 5 p.m. Central Time. True Life Fridays. Have a good night. new friend.